Welcome to the Grazing Podcast for Robertson Sheetham Farmers Co-op. My name is Clint, and I will be your host as we record live from our beautiful Springfield, Tennessee location inside our podcast studio. Robertson Cheatham is a member-owned farm supply cooperative. You can learn more about us on our website, yourfarmerscoop.com, in addition to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Welcome back to the Grazing Podcast for Robertson Cheatham Farmers Co-op. We've done, golly, it's 120-something consecutive episodes now, and uh, we've, we've done it on a array of, of different topics, but uh, one we've never really done before or talked about is hunting, and deer hunting in particular. At, uh, at Co-op, we sell quite a few deer hunting products. We sell deer, really nice deer blinds, attractants, and, and some other odds and ends things, but uh, never really had the opportunity to talk about deer hunting on here. And um, it just so happened to work out. I've got a really, really good friend who's been hunting for a long, long time since he's a little boy. And uh, knows it pretty well, knows the art of it. Me personally, I've never, I've never gone before. But I, for the past couple of years, I've been wanting to learn. And then I've got another buddy that uh, is kind of like me. He's a greenhorn. But... Um, he wanted to learn too, so I figured this would be a good opportunity for us to get on here and talk about it. And I, I'm sure everybody does it differently, but to get uh, someone's perspective that's been doing it since they were a little boy. Uh, my friends on here today, two of my best friends, Mr. Jacob Donovan and Justin Grogan on here. What about it, guys? What do you think, Jacob? Oh, just happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, listen, I appreciate you doing it. Because it's doing me a favor, but Jacob, when I first asked you to be on here, you you didn't give me an answer. You just kind of tried to change the subject pretty quick. Were you hoping it was just going to go away and I was going to forget about it? I believe deep down I did. I was uh, very hesitant about this. <laughs> but it gets to become a touchy subject, I think, with some people. Yeah, yeah, and for good reason, I think. Uh, when I when I asked you, I said, "Hey." If I can get Grogan on here, would you would you do it him? Would it, was that helpful? It seemed to. I mean, I just having more opinions. Yeah. yeah. Y'all suckered me into it. I still don't know why I'm here. I, I think you've been wanting to be on it for a while. You're like, hey, Rubs, we got to get on. Especially after we had Ricky on. You're like, what can we get on? We got to get on there. And I didn't know what we'd talk about. Because I want to try, like, like Brian May, if I want to talk. Miami Hurricanes football, I'll have him on here. But it's like, what what can I talk about? And then the timing-wise, as far the past couple of years, I think I told you two years ago, I'm like, hey, I wanna, I'd like to learn more about it. And we went for the first, or you took me for the first time this year. And not talking to Grogan at all about it, it was, uh, this was back in November. You were going to help me work cows one Saturday. And we talked on the on that Friday, and you said, "Hey, might be late tomorrow." I said, "Why? What are you?" I said, "That's fine. What, what are you going to be doing?" He said, ah, "I'm going hunting." And I automatically thought you were going with Jacob. I said, "Oh, is Jacob taking you?" He said, "No, nah, I'm just going by myself." <laughs> and it was just funny because we hadn't really talked about it. I don't think that's the first time I'd heard you bring it up, but. Me kind of thinking the same way, it was something that I kind of wanted to learn too. Now, we both went about it two completely different ways, which is what I want to, part of what I want to talk about on here. Um, but before we get into that, Jacob, how, 
to the best of your recollection, how old were you when you first, when your dad first took you and you started to learn the, the craft of it? I believe I was either six or seven. Um, he bought me a little youth bow, and that was the first thing I was hunting with. Um, I didn't go once or twice a year from what I remember. I remember seeing deer. First time I went, I do remember I had a doe walk up 20, 30 yards from me and actually scared me, and I got up and walked away from it. <laughs> <laughs> but six or seven years old, that's pretty young. Yeah, and, and he was he was sitting within about 50 yards of me, basically just watching me and letting me sit right there on the fence row by myself with the little bow. Okay. Where, was it Was it locally around here where you went? Yeah, it was on a farm here in Robertson County. To be honest, I don't remember whose farm it was. or. But was that your dad just trying to get you kind of acclimated into it more than anything? Yeah, because I had been several times sitting with him, uh, not actually having a bow or gun or anything in my hands. And right. He just kind of took me mid-morning or so and sat me on the end of a fence row, and he went back and was sitting there just kind of watching me, making sure I you know, wasn't doing nothing I wasn't supposed to right. be. Right, and that was, that was with a bow, and you said you, a doe came out, and it— it was too much for you to handle at that age, right? I, I guess it was because I remember he was telling I, I don't. I remember getting up, walking away, but he said he remembers seeing the doe coming walking down the road to go through. There was a, I believe, a gate in the fence is where I was sitting, and she was going to walk right in front of me at probably twenty yards, and she got close enough, and it, I guess it scared me, and I got up and walked off. I, you know what? It, <laughs> and we'll talk more about this, but my first experience it was pretty frightening to me too as a thirty-three year old man. I can't imagine as a six or seven year old. Uh, so after that, did you did it take you a little bit to get you back into it? No, I, I believe the following year is when I killed my first deer. Um, we had uh, the following year, I believe, is when I started hunting with a thirty thirty, and uh, I believe I killed my first deer that year, and it was a doe. So you were eight, nine years old. I was probably seven or eight. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Do you recall it pretty well? Your first deer. I do. Um, it was. We, we'd been sitting there all morning. I do remember this. We was fixing to leave, and I had seen a doe come walking out in the field. And I, to be honest, I couldn't tell you how far away it was, but I know when I looked at it through the scope, the deer was the crosshairs. <laughs> and I told my dad I wanted to shoot it. He said, if you feel comfortable and think you can see it. And at that time, he didn't know the deer was the crosshairs. Now, knowing what I do know now, I would not have ever take that shot. But at seven, eight years old, I was like, I'm going to shoot a deer. Yeah. And I shot and somehow hit it. Almost perfect and dropped it where it stood. Well, Bub was probably thinking, well, he's just exaggerating. It's probably not literally in the crosshair, but it was literally on the crosshair. It was literally the crosshairs. As far as how many yards do you think it was? Just guesstimating. I, honestly, I couldn't. That's, I would say a couple hundred if I had to guess. I don't know, to be honest with you. And was that using a 30-30? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, it was pure luck. So not by any means would I take any kind of shot like that nowadays. But I know what I know now. Yeah, well, just my little experience I have taking a shot at one for maybe sixty yards. That was that wasn't close enough for me. I wish it would have been closer. You know? Right, and to get comfortable with it, you need to be comfortable shooting at whatever distance you're hunting at. Did you did you prop on something? Your rifle? Yeah, I did. I had well, I guess a little tripod. Okay. So after that, did the, did the bug bite you and you're like, I, I, this is something I want to continue to do? Oh, yeah, it definitely did. I, uh, I've done it, like I said, since I was very young, and I enjoy it, and I still to this day, 
I don't so much kill as many deer nowadays as I used to. Uh, I enjoy just going and watching, teaching people, taking my son now. Mm-hmm. Well, basically what you did with me, taking me. Out yeah, there. yeah, I love taking people, teaching them, <clears throat> teaching them about hunting. And more so than anything for me, I enjoy sitting in the woods just watching wildlife. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was... If I wouldn't have had to piece the bad in that blind, I felt like I could enjoy that more. But there on the end, I was just, I was having a hard time not squirming around in there. Uh, so, Grogan, let me, <laughs> let's jump over to you because me and you are kind of in the same boat here. We didn't grow up doing it. Not at all. Wasn't really something, I, kind of what got me interested in it was really, after that whole coronavirus thing, you know, I, I think people really started thinking about self-sufficiency more than they ever have. So it dawned on me, I'm like, you know, it, that's a useful skill for people to at least have somewhat of an idea of how to do it. So that's kind of what was, for the past two years, I've been wanting him to take me. Uh, but what about you? What got your mind fixated on it? Well, I was kind of thinking about that. And, and really, this year, I, it was two weeks before opening days when I decided I was going to go. So, so you hadn't considered it this summer? Or well, no, I kind of thought about it. And I guess what kind of got me thinking about it is like last year, me and Kayla talked a little bit and just with kids, it gets you thinking about several things and, you know, stuff kind of to pass down to them. Of course, they, my daughter, she plays ball and stuff like that. And, you know, stuff like that has a shelf life. You know, yeah. more, more people, you're only do that for a certain time period. Right. Um, but to be able to pass down to them, you know, gardening or – hunting and you know how to how to work on uh vehicles and mow the yard stuff like that that you can take on the rest of your life that's kind of wanted to, to do some things like that for my kids that, that they could take on with them i mean that was really the spur of kind of why why i decided i wanted to do it i'm glad you said that because that that factored into it for me too because I've, I've got two boys and i'm thinking i would at least if, if they're ever interested in going one day, I'd like to have the ability to at least yeah give them some wisdom or insight into it. Yeah, yeah. You step out. Uh, we may end up recording our deaths on here. We were talking about it. We're, <laughs> we're, we're in Brogan's, uh little little building over here. It's got a wood stove in it, and uh, we may be just sucking in carbon monoxide right now. Oh, we'll be all right. There's enough gaps in here. I think we'll make it. Well, Mark, if we end up dying on here, just go ahead and post it like normal. <laughs> um, so we're after you had kids. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because after you have kids, that you, your mind changes, and yeah. you want to be able to teach them skills because that's how you get into it. Like with you, if if your dad would have never taken you, what are the odds that you would have gotten into it? I'd say slim to none. I mean, I would have had nobody to teach me. I've got my uncle. That is deer hunted and duck hunted and turkey hunted his whole life. But chances are, if my dad didn't do it, I probably wouldn't have got into it. Yeah, that's that's what got it in your blood to begin with. Mm-hmm. And what you know, did his? How did he get into it? Did uh, did you his grand his dad teach him? I don't believe my grandfather hunted, to my knowledge. He now he passed away when I was really young, so I couldn't really tell you. Um, I know him and a bunch of his buddies did it, but I don't think his father did. But it's a it's a generational thing because obviously you're teaching your little boy. Oh yeah, I I, I love taking him. He's he's really gotten into it. He's six this year. He'll be seven come March, and he's uh, he actually killed his first deer with a crossbow this past uh, I want to say September, early October. 
How did he react to it? Um, he was very excited. He basically was ready to throw the crossbow out of the stand and jump out of the stand and run after the bear. <laughs> which, which is normal. I think a lot of people experience that. Yeah, it gets your blood pumping. I mean, it's a, if you hadn't ever done it, it's hard to explain it. Uh, but once you go and you see the animals up close and in part, I mean, it's, it's a different feeling than I think most people have probably ever experienced. Oh, it is. It is completely. And I, you knew that going into it. I kind of expected you're going to be a little nervous if a deer comes out you want to take a shot at. But, good gosh, I was – Jake, I couldn't really sit still. It uh, it definitely gets your blood pumping. It was it was my same reaction too, Jake, as what Wyatt had. <laughs> That's what I was ready to do too. Did you – after you took a shot at yours and you realized it was a good shot and you, and you got the deer, Yeah. what, what was your – did you sit there and you just – I, I had to gather myself for a minute, yeah, and then uh, then it set in. And we're I'm hunting my parents' property, and it's just a thick hollow. And yeah. I, I realized the job I had ahead of me to get it out of that hollow. So yeah, we're not talking about a flat field where you can just drive a, a pickup. Oh no 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 no! I had to I had to call my brother to come help me drag it out of there. So uh, it kind of set in after that that the work that we had, you know, after after killing it. Did Dink, did Dink go out there and help you drag it up out of there? Well, we had to – he drove the truck around and met us on the road. We had to come back up through through somebody's yard with it. But he wasn't sliding down the No, 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 we didn't. We didn't ask him to do that. Well, it, I, when I think like fishing, you know, when you when you know you got a fish on, it's a very exciting feeling, but there's no – lead up to it like because you can't don't most of the time you can't see a fish once you feel it hopefully it's already on the line but with the deer completely different deal you see it you hope hopefully it doesn't see you and uh you really got to compose yourself before taking a shot yeah it can definitely be a challenge and i'm like when me and you went uh you had them three different bucks chasing them two does and that's that's even more exciting than just seeing them naturally come through that area I mean, they was running up and down that hillside and all over the place. Well, and I was thinking about it, Jacob. It was we were very fortunate how that worked out because when you go, probably more times than not, you may not see anything. Yeah, that can be the case. It, it depends on location and when you're hunting. Um, it varies. I mean, there's been several times I've gone and not seen deer. I mean, it happens. Well, Grogan, what about you? Besides the first time you went. And let's let's go back to that for a second because like that was a Friday I talked to you and then Saturday morning you called me. I got one. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was Well, I, I couldn't either. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I expected. Um, you know, I guess it was just kinda wild to me that it's something I mean, I read up on it and I was telling Jake beforehand, you know, there's all kinds of resources out there now. Like I downloaded that the app. There was an app I downloaded to help me with wind direction and you know, I could place where my blind was. It was very detailed. Like if I wouldn't have had that, there's I would have had to go on with somebody like Jacob or, or somebody probably to even see anything. When but, you started looking, when you decided you wanted to go and you started looking into the information, was it overwhelming? Because there's so many varying opinions. Yes. On what to do. I mean, it's just yeah, there's different opinions everywhere. Um, but the the morning that I went it was the opening opening day of gun season, and I think I got in the stand at. 5.30 that morning, and I shot and killed that buck at, I think it was 6.40. 6.40. <laughs> I 
So, and then, I mean, it was just that quick. So it was kind of unbelievable. To be honest with you, I was shocked. But um, first first time hunting, first day hunting. Well, that's, that's kind of a pattern for you in your life. I remember we were up at the river. Uh, that place, the, the, those people campground we used to go to in high school. And you had a stick. It was really long. It was like a... It wasn't a, it wasn't a cane pole. It was like a... Uh, just an old rotten stick. It, was, well, it wasn't rotten, but it was like eight feet long. And you just tied a fishing string to it and put a lure on it. And he ended up catching... I think it was like a striped bass. It was a pretty good fish. It was like a... Probably two or... One or two pounds. I don't, I don't know if I remember that. I, I, I do, because Ryan and Casey Allen... Ended up cooking it neat. I remember that, but I don't know if I don't remember him catching that one. But he, yeah, I remember that part of it, but I don't remember him catching the fish. Oh, he, I was I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, it's the guy coming from the guy who I saw him open up a popcorn bag one time, and a, a popcorn shot out of the bag perfectly <laughs> into his mouth, unexpected. <laughs> so it's kind of like these, these weird things happen to you that don't really happen to anybody else. But ten minutes after you sat down, the deer comes out. Well, no, no, it wasn't 10 minutes. I mean, like I said, I got there at 5.30. I mean, it was probably within an hour and a half. I thought you said 5.40. You got there at 5.40 and then about uh, about 6.40. About a little over an hour okay. later is when I shot it. No, 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 not 10 minutes. No, I thought you no, said no, no, you, no. you sat down at 5.30 and then 5.40. No, 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 no. It was a little over an hour uh, as far as with it. But, but yeah, no, it's with, with the way their property sets up, kind of backs up to, to a lot of, I mean, it's just nothing. Yeah. Nothing back through there. And that morning, that buck just kind of walked walked over the hill, and I saw it come, and it was only thirty five yards away when I shot it. So, well, see what was so surprising to me about it, where the, the particular location where you were hunting, if you get on a map and look at that, it's thousands of acres of woods. Yeah, the, the way it lays, and if you, it, it ultimately ends up connecting to the Cumberland Plateau. If you follow it across a map, so it's in my mind, not knowing anything about it, I was I was like, it's that's going to be really challenging. Not really, as far as like in our case, Jake, if there were certain areas that broke it up, or you use the word funnel, that'll funnel them through, where it's more of a hot spot. In your case, it's kind of like you're just pitching a line out there. Well, I had no idea what I was getting into, other than. I've seen some deer driving down mom and dad's driveway, you know, but you see them, you see them everywhere. Was, so, was he alone or was he, was he with some By himself. Yeah, he was alone that morning. Um, just came. I, it's just, it was just really weird because somebody didn't know anything that really what I was doing other than what I'd studied up on it. Everything I did that morning, it seemed like it worked, you know. <laughs> uh, that was the weird part about it. Um, but uh, like I said, I you know I, I had a little drag that I put up, put some doe urine on some buck urine, pulled it in behind me to my stand, and I hung it up on a on a tree right there, probably 10, 15 yards in front of me, um, and he came right to it. Uh, as far as I mean, he was looking. That's what he was looking at. As far as when when he walked up on me, when he did now, did he present himself broadside the whole time? Yeah, to be honest with you, I really didn't want to shoot him. I mean, I was trying to talk myself out of it, sitting there watching him, because he just kind of, uh, I think it was some acorns on the ground that he was eating, um, but he kind of walked back and forth, just right down there, just looking at me. And, and just for, it, it seemed like 10 minutes, it probably wasn't 10 minutes, but it was a couple minutes, because I, there were several times I had, him, I had him in my sights, and I was like, I'm not going to take him, I'm going to wait. And then it was like he just wouldn't go away. So 
uh, I ended up I ended up taking them, and I needed to because my um, my nerves were, were pretty shot too. I mean, you, it gets your gets your heart pumping. Oh, it good. does. So it does. Yeah. And I I figured I'd be able to stay more composed than that when I when I first saw one. Yeah, but it my, I was <sighs> yeah I couldn't control my I thought I was going to accidentally pull the trigger. Just because my I, my nerves were shot, I couldn't control my hands hardly. And then eventually, you got to figure out a way to calm down a little bit. But it, that's something like I've never, I've, I hadn't been that nervous in a long time. Yeah, it it is. It's a like I said, it's hard to explain it to people that's never done it. It it is. It gets your blood pumping. It's it almost goes by, and you really don't even remember what all took place until after you shoot the deer. Yeah. You kind of forget about everything leading up to it after you do make that shot. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's difficult to do and we live in a time where we've got all these well i mean the weaponry that we have makes it pretty easy you got a high-powered rifle with a with a scope and you've got these attractants you can use and whatnot but i told you after after the one i shot i started thinking about people in the 1800s and early 1900s what it was like to try to kill one back then that that oh we got it easy I, nowadays compared yeah. to compared to that and even from when I first started hunting to now, I mean, I don't remember it. I grew up, I guess, very simplistic hunting-wise. I didn't use cameras and all that stuff. I kind of remember cameras being around back then. Nowadays, everybody uses cell cameras, and just there's so much technology nowadays to it. I just, I still try to stick to the basics of everything. I don't really run too many cell cameras. I don't, I try not to do too much of that. Well, that's one of the reasons why which is interesting, the psychology behind it, like the way Grogan did it versus the way that I do it. I, I would get so overwhelmed with information on the internet yep. where I would just, I'd say, I can't take all this in. So the way I thought about it, I just, I need one source I can trust. Just, just, just one source I'm focused on instead of uh, everybody's different opinions. And the fact that you grew up doing it during a very simple time where all that technology wasn't really available that was another reason why I wanted to do it because I, if you know if times get hard and you don't have access to cameras and whatnot, if you can just go by the the signs that nature gives you. Yeah, and that's that, and that's the way I try to stick to it. I mean, you've got people now, and I'm not saying right or wrong, indifferent, whatever. People will run cameras and they'll hunt one specific deer all year, and and I get that. I see people, I know people that do it. To me, that takes some of the enjoyment out of it for me. Uh, I mean, if you run a camera all year, you know what's walking through there every day. And, and that, I mean, I get it if you're trying to hunt one specific deer, this and that. But to me, it takes some of the enjoyment out of it. Well, I'm sure it's exciting to get on there and look at your camera and see the particular deer that you're after. It, it is, but at the same time, I enjoy getting in that stand and saying, who knows what could come by? Because right. I ain't watching it every day, day and night on a camera that sends to my cell phone. What's the most interesting thing that you... That, that you can think back on in your years of hunting that wasn't a deer that may have came running. No, it's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> Let's hear it, Jacob. Uh, I don't know. Growing up, that's hard to. I mean, I enjoy seeing bobcats. They don't seem to be real. I guess you don't see a whole lot of them around here that I know about. Uh, I have seen a handful of them growing up hunting around Robertson County. Did you say bobcats or wildcats? Bobcats. Bobcats. There might be some wildcats wild running, cats. but I ain't seen none of them. You seen one as close? You remember a couple of years ago that bobcat here? Yeah. On our, have you ever yeah. seen one that close? 
Uh, yeah, I've seen them that Have close you? on a farm of Hunt okay. Frankfield. I've had them close to me. I've had them walk under my stand before. Um, public land's a different story. I mean, you'll have people just wander around in front of you. I've had that happen before. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's there's all sorts of type of people out there. I, I try not to hunt public land too much. I've been blessed with places to hunt growing up and everybody willing to let us hunt on their property. If, so, If a human walks in front of you, is there a temptation to shoot them? No, no, that hasn't crossed my mind. Uh, typically, if I've ever hunted public land and see somebody, the thought on my mind is, I wish I was invisible and they could just go on and don't even see me or notice that I'm there. Well, what is that, like, if, if that does happen, what's that interaction like? Do they, like, look up and make eye contact with you and just wave yeah, or if, try to if, talk to you? If it happens before daylight, I mean, you'll flash a light just so they know you're there and they'll wander off. I mean, most majority of people are respectful. I, I've never really run into anybody that wasn't real respectful on public land. Like I said, I haven't hunted public land in probably 10 years because I haven't had the need to. I've had places to hunt. You I, you get on YouTube and watch those shorts they have now, which are, which are really addicting. They've got shorts of people that are hunting, and people will walk up. And it's just a horrifying interaction, you know, where they're threatening to kill each other, seems like. So I didn't know if that, how and often I, that happened. Uh, for me, not, but I'm sure it does. I mean, I, people are crazy nowadays. I'm, I'm sure it does happen. I don't know. What, As far as public land, where have you hunted before? Uh, I've hunted LBL quite a bit and then Cheatham WMA when I was younger. Now, how does that work? Do you have to contact like TWRA? There's a bid for it? or It's changed over the years uh, since I first started, but there's some. I mean, you, special permits typically, and then they have set-aside hunting dates. Sometimes they have quota hunt. Sometimes it's just open to whoever. Uh, it's different. You have to read it and just study up on it. Well, hey, if somebody goes and puts a stand up on public land and then... They, they have regulations on it. It can be there. I, I don't, don't quote me on this because, like I said, I haven't hunted public land. But you can put it in so many days before season. It's got to have a tag with, like, your name and number and address on it. But anybody can come get in it? It's fair game from, uh, from what I remember. Really? Yeah. It, it's, uh, talking about Cheatham... Wildlife reserve, that's what it's called. How many acres is that roughly? Oh, Lord, I, I couldn't tell you offhand. I don't know. That's several thousand. Oh, yeah, it's, it's several, several, several thousand. But if you get all the qualifications needed to hunt in there and you put a stand up, it's it's fair game to whoever. Yep. Yeah, there ain't much you're going to do about it. If you're not in it, there ain't much you can do about keeping somebody else out of it. But if you don't have, if you don't have private land or somebody willing to let you hunt that's that's your only option since yeah if you want to hunt that's your only option at that point i mean i and i think a lot of people are in that boat and and the problem when i was younger it was you could find land to hunt a lot easier and i feel like nowadays people trespass so much and then people don't respect others land they leave gates open if they got cattle they leave trash they leave tracks through their fields whatever and that's deterred uh, landowners from letting people hunt on their properties, I believe. And I don't blame them. I mean, if I had, if people did that to my property, I wouldn't let nobody on it either. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very understandable why. I mean, over the years, we've had people stop in that you didn't know from Adam asking to hunt. <clears throat> and, you know, most of them are always polite about it, but it's just the liability part of it as far as someone you don't really know. And it blows my mind how much people are willing to trespass and not and just disregard fences and everything else. And I just, I don't know, I grew up, I grew up and I've not been that way. I wasn't taught that way. I wasn't raised that way. And I just, I try to respect everything and take care of people's property. 
you and me were kind of the same. It's, it's, if, if, a, if you shoot a deer and it runs onto someone else's property, like, God, this was, that was probably 10 years ago. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a while. You shot that buck and it ran onto the neighboring property. And I think you got the, it was, it was an older lady at the time. Mm-hmm. Since past, but I think you got a hold of her. And- yeah, I called and talked to her. And, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna step foot on somebody else's property without permission and them okay. And I, I don't feel comfortable about it. I don't. I wouldn't want people doing that to me. And so yeah. I, I just don't like it. Oh, I'd be the same way. But, but what if you shot the deer? It runs across the fence. It lays down right on the other side of the fence where you can reach over <laughs> and grab it, but not step foot on the property. Would you do it then? I can't say that I wouldn't, but I would probably still call the people and yeah. tell them. I, just, I, don't, I wouldn't feel right about it. I just, I've never been able to do anything like that. Oh, no. I'm, and, I'm I've, just... and I've hunted places where I can see the neighboring property, and I've seen deer, and I could easily shoot the deer, but I just, there's no way I would ever do that without permission from that landowner. Well, if, if everybody had that mentality, Jacob, then hunting wouldn't have such a bad connotation with a lot of people, which, which I completely get. You know, when you've got these these people that'll shoot a deer and then cut the antlers off of it and leave the, the body there to you know, be eaten by. You get a lot of that. And it, I feel like probably the last, I don't know, I, I keep saying 10 years, but that's probably realistically when that's been that way. People do that. And that's just, I don't know. I what, Like I said, I don't do that. I don't. If I'm going to shoot it, I'm going to use it, eat it. I'm going to have it processed and either eat it myself or give it to people that will eat it. You're not going to parade it around town on the, on the hood of your truck. <laughs> no, as, much, I, as much as I bug my wife and my kids and tell them I will, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I think that's part of the reason why it's changed so much as far as social media and the, the look-at-me aspect of it, you know. That, and it's become, it's become very, I believe that all the social media and everything else, is, it's, it's become very profitable for landowners, and people lease property now, and that's another factor to why you can't, mm. nobody will give you permission because they can lease it to somebody else. And it's, it's become a big money racket yeah. in a lot of places. I remember when you and me, we were little kids. We were probably nine or ten years old, and we were down there fishing in the creek by the swimming hole. And they're over by where the spring runs out. There's always a mud bank there. And we were walking around right there and we saw tracks. And it looked like deer tracks, except they were massive. And you were like, oh, you got some world record deer out here. <laughs> and we were young. And I was thinking, wow, I do. Look at how big that, that track is. Come to find out, it was just like a big calf. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a I can see that. pound calf. <laughs> but, if, you know, comparing hoof patterns, that's exactly what it looked like. Um, but as far as like deer size around here, what's the largest deer you've ever killed? See, I, I'm not your probably the best person to answer that. I don't measure my deer. I don't. I couldn't tell you if I kill a 140 inch deer, 150. I mean, I, I've never been one to do that. I don't ever measure them. I mean, a lot of people do. That's all they're worried about. They want to know exactly what it scores. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never scored any of my deer, so I couldn't honestly answer that. So when you if you harvest a deer, are you more concerned with the meat aspect of it? I am. I, that and the maturity. I try to, if I harvest bucks, I try to harvest a good mature buck. Don't get me wrong, I like killing big deer. I mean who it's if you're doing it, who wouldn't? But I'll usually kill a couple of does a year to fill up the freezer and then I like trying to kill a mature buck every one. I usually kill one a year. Now when you say mature buck, how how many years are you talking about? I would say four plus. I mean, and it's hard to judge. I mean, every 
You is, there, is there a certain point? Like how many how many points? Uh, no, I, you I'm don't, not. You're not really looking. No, as far and as there's that. Yeah. you can ask ten people to age a deer, and I bet you get ten different answers. Yeah. So I do the best that I know growing up, looking at deer, seeing them, and knowing what they look like, and it's just. Like I said, you can ask 10 people and you'll get 10 different answers on the age of a deer. I don't think anybody truly can look at it and tell you exactly what it is. But most of the time when I ask you now, when you go out hunting, unless you take your little boy with you, more times than not, you don't shoot anything. Yeah, no, I, I rarely do. You just enjoy the ambiance of going out there and sitting. Yeah, I, I mean, this year I've killed, I think, three deer. I've killed two does and a buck this year. I, just, I don't kill a lot of deer. I fill up our freezer. I make... Summer sausage, beef jerky, that sort of thing. I don't, I don't try to kill twenty deer. Now, when I was younger, it wasn't nothing. Kill ten or fifteen deer a year, but at the same time, a lot more people that I knew eat it and used it, and I give a lot of that away to people that didn't go out and hunt or didn't want to, but wanted the deer meat. And nowadays, I I really don't know a lot of people that. I don't feel like as many people do it now as they did when I was younger. Do you think that's the case as far as just the the population of hunters like it's of course I, I think of social media and tiktok making it more popular now but as a whole it seems like there is less people that participate in it yeah i feel like there is as well and i would agree with the social media i feel like it's more of a people want to kill big deer people want to buy all this high-end name brand stuff and mm-hmm. you know i i agree with that statement they're kind of more Status oriented, I guess is I don't know how to describe that. Well, and I'm sure it can, I'm sure it can be an addicting thing too if you get into it. You know, yeah, as I'm far sure. As, as you know, as far as uh, if you have success at it, you want to these products that got out now. You want to go and try this to see you know how well does this work? Or oh, two months in, I'm there. <laughs> well, I was I'm, I wanted to ask you after you killed your first deer. Were you just filled with bloodlust for more? No, no, no. I mean, that's that's the only. I, I saw other deer this year. That was the only deer that I that I shot. Though was that first one. Did you experience? I kind of, I grew up being a animal lover more than anything. Just wildlife. Just I always found it fascinating. And after the, the deer I shot. After I was actually able to get up close to him and look at him, it it gave me an even more reverence for the animal, just how beautiful it was, as far as you know the, the coloration and how healthy it was and fat, and uh, how big they are. And not to mention, if you've never been hunting, what something that, or even if you're not hunting, if you just happen to be out in the woods or on some land. Most of the time when you see deer, it's because you see them. It's not because you hear them. Like, they're so fleet of foot and silent. It's just incredible. Yeah, they're, they're very elusive critters. Yeah. It's, uh, it amazes me is how you can see them walking through the woods, and if you look away for a minute, sometimes trying to find them again is nearly impossible. It's how well they blend in. With I was surprised how hard of that it was. And to hear them, too. I had, I had one this year that snuck up on me. I mean, like, the squirrels sound like, an elephant coming through the woods. You, you know what I mean? If you get two or three squirrels going around, it sounds like an elephant. And yeah. it'll kind of shock you for a minute. Oh, is that one? No, it's not a deer. Uh, it's just three squirrels getting after it over there. But, uh, but yeah, the, you see a deer walking through there. It's just how quiet it is. You don't – and it, where I was hunting in the woods, it was all all the leaves were on the ground. It was real crunchy, and you could hear anything. But still, you could barely, you could barely hear them when they were coming through there. 
how when when he first started walking up the one you shot, how did could you did did he just kind of appear and he was right there? Or did you see him from a pretty good distance? I, I heard him a, a little bit and just got my attention. Then finally I saw him. Probably I don't know. I mean, there where I'm hunting, you're probably not going to be shooting anything over 75, 80 yards. Just in the woods like it is there. I mean, I'm not. Personally, I'm not. I mean, I'm going to have to be at least within that based off where where I've been hunting. But it was probably within that range that I first saw him. And you know something I never really even thought about until after we went was, like in your case, where you were hunting, you don't have to worry about houses. But you always have to wonder, you know, if the deer is in line, say, with a house or a structure or a road, you can't really take a shot at it. No, and that's, and that's something – you should be taught early on. I mean, that was something I was, that was the first thing I was taught. I mean, gun safety. I, I was taught that as a very young age. I teach my kids that. You always know what's behind your target. You always know what your target is and what's behind it. You don't ever let a deer skylight on a hill. You don't ever take shots if you don't know, if you miss that deer, where that bullet's going. Because the rifle, I mean, I've hunted with 30 out six my whole life, and that's high power rifle can travel really far. So you just don't ever take chances. And, and not to mention the fact, like when that that deer first came out, he wasn't standing broadside. He was angled a certain way where I could have taken a shot at him. And I was about to just because I, uh, I said, Jacob, should I take it? He's like, no, no, don't do it. And he finally came out and walked right in front of us. And you, and of course, me not having any, completely naive, never done this before. He made a sound. What, what sound do you make when you want him to look at you? Oh, uh, really, to be honest, anything, but I just kind of make like a little grunting noise, and they'll stop and look at you. I thought I heard you say Let's hear it, Jacob. I want to hear it. Uh-huh. I thought you, you kind of <laughs> did a hoot out thing, like, whoo-hoo. Is that not what you did? No, I don't think I did. I, I don't think. It was I, just more of a little. It was like. Yeah, it was probably more of a mac. Man, that's what it was. Like, 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 a, like a calf sound, like you would for a calf or something. Just make it stop and look at you. And he stopped and looked for it. Seemed like a long time. Did you do that, Grogan, or did you not have to? No, just, I didn't have to. He was just staring at you, just, just inviting you to shoot it. Yeah, just wanting me to shoot it. And, and that's, that's what I felt like. I mean, honestly. Um, was, was there a part of you that was thinking, please go away? I was kind of talking to myself, like, just go on somewhere. And go that, on somewhere, but it just wouldn't. So it, And that's a lot to do with setup and where you're hunting at. I mean, like in our case, where I took you, Clint, I set us up in a little narrow opening that I knew the deer would cross on a perfect 90 degree to us and they'd be perfectly broadside for an easy shot, but we had a limited window to shoot them. Right. And that, but that was the reasoning for that. Well, and that was, obviously that's another reason why I wanted to go with you because you're so familiar with the area and you know what to look for. But then I think about in Grogan's case, had you ever been down there before as far as setting up cameras or anything before? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I've been down there as far as they've got when it rains, there's a little stream that runs through there and stuff. I mean, I've been back there and walked yeah. through there and stuff. And but scouting but it as far as sign for deer, I, you didn't really. I did the weekend before season opened. I mean, I, I just went back in there and set my blinds up and stuff. Um, just found a good spot to set them up. But, um, but no, no, never, never done anything with deer as far as back in there at all. Well, and a lot of it depends on like I remember you saying the night before, I'm gonna check and see what direction the wind's blowing. That obviously affects it too. Yeah, and that goes back. That's the wind's the biggest thing. Um, they can smell you 
quicker than they're going to see you. And that, uh, I, more than anything, I try to hunt the wind. If you're and if you're wanting to see a lot of deer and kill a lot of deer, you'll want to hunt the wind. And I'm not saying you can't kill deer if the wind's blowing their direction, but nine times out of ten, they're going to smell you and run off. But see, I would have, I would have never known that. So if I go out there and not pay attention to the wind, and I'm up upwind from one, and I don't even know the difference versus me going out there and getting lucky and seeing one. It's it's kind of an art and a science to it, right? And there and that's why I say I'm very simplistic with it. There's people that I tell you they only hunt with this gear on, and they make these ozonic things that are like cinnamon. And do they work? I don't know. I, I've never used them. People probably are religious with them, and that, but I've just hunted the wind and been that way. And I also know people that smoke cigarettes in the trees, and and, that, and they kill, still kill deer. So you know, just like the camo, everybody goes out and buys high dollar sick cacamo or whatever it is jacob have you ever hunted with a propane heater yeah oh yeah okay i took right. first, first i was kind of worried about doing that this year but i did i never i never noticed any really difference to be, no, to be honest with you i mean it's like i said there's a lot of variables to it and and yeah i'm sure some of these deer people are trying to hunt certain places I, there's just a lot of variables i say it depends like on some farms people are out riding checking their cattle every day them deer are used to you out there every single day they get used to it versus you go to a bunch of woods where they've never even seen a person they're going to be a lot more skittish it is a lot of factors that go into it isn't there yeah there's a whole lot it, location has a lot to do with it but you know the deer population here from what i understand is doing really well to the point like um i went and interviewed walden's puddle that wildlife rehab place mm-hmm. where they were told not to take any Orphan phones or injured phones this past yeah. spring because the population was so high. Well, I was told by my dad uh, years and years ago, um, him and some of his buddies that he used to hunt with, that when they was younger, like, you know, in their early 20s, they said, you was lucky to even see a deer through the whole deer season. It wasn't like now. I mean, I go out there and sit and see 15, 20 deer at a time. Oh, yeah. Remember growing up, you when, when I remember the first time I saw a turkey, I was probably seven, eight years old. And nowadays, they're pretty common. Oh yeah, they're, they're they're abundant now in our area, uh, and that's even different. I mean, I hunt two different farms here in Robertson County, and then I own, we bought some property up in Stewart County, and hunting just those three different locations is a world's difference in how the deer react. It's just, it, it, your property that you have in Stewart County. What's the biggest difference between here and, and there? Uh, from what I see, the they're not pressured near as much as they are around here where I have property in Stewart County. it's it, My property is all wooded. Um, I've done a little bit of clearing and putting some food plots and stuff in, but the deer are not near as skittish there as they are here. And, and I believe it's pressure. I've, I've talked to the people surrounding farm owners, and there's only one of them that hunts. I mean, it's... And that dog kept opening that door. Like yeah, that. I was afraid to get in here and start walking around all the... Hear it stuff, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. There's not uh, where my where it is up there. There's not cattle farms around it. There's not people out riding all the time. There's not. It's just a. It's just an area thing. I mean, but you know, it it varies so much. Uh, I know up north, like in Illinois, up there, I don't believe. You can hunt with a high-powered rifle like thirty out six. You got to use a shotgun with a slug just because the the 
topography up there is so much flatter than it is here. Yeah, I, I do know some of the, I've never hunted anywhere other than, I've hunted up in Kentucky some and I've hunted Tennessee, but I, I do know some of those states up there only allow shotgun. Yeah. And I, I don't really know the exact details on it. But the, the deer are big up there too. The farther north you get, it seems like they, they get a lot bigger. There is a lot of big deer up there. There's a there's quite a few. And like I said, I ain't hunted up there, but I know some people that have. And the deer, certain areas up there do have a lot larger deer. Mm-hmm. When uh, Grover, when you had yours processed, did he, the guy that did it, did he by any chance uh, cut the stomach open to see what the the deer was eating? No, okay. no, I don't remember as far as. It was pretty chaotic that day. That was opening day, and they had a lot coming through there. So, um, it was just a lot going on. Well, the the one the one that I shot, we cut its stomach. I wanted to see what it had been eating, and it was full of acorns and corn, and it looked like some. I was gonna say clover. Clover and stuff, but it's around here. As far as what you know, there's a lot of crop ground in Robertson County. Probably not as much in Stewart County, is it? No, not really. It's mainly wooded. Um, Can you tell the difference in the taste as far as if you harvest a deer around here versus Stewart County? No, not, not this. I've, we killed two deer up there this year, um, and I honestly couldn't tell you that I, I noticed a difference in them. What is the biggest difference? Besides deer hunting, you turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever, you know, duck hunting is another popular thing right here. Or west of here, do you? Yeah, no, I've never done duck hunting. I've never, never gotten involved with it. I know some people that do it, quite a few people that do it. I've never, that's something I've never got into. Well, it's, it seems just like a completely different deal because you're in a blind out there with a bunch of people, people cooking and cutting up. But deer hunting, I mean, you have, like, we can whisper. Yeah, I mean, you, you whisper back and forth here and there, and it's, and that's probably more of a, a social sport, I guess, yeah. from what I see. Uh, my uncle's done it. He grew up doing it, but I've never done any of that. What about rabbit hunting? You ever tried that? I remember doing it when I was younger. Um, we had a couple of places out in White House, some farms out there we did it on. And I remember killing quite a few, but nowadays there's just, I don't feel like there's the habitat that there was when we was younger. Uh, when me and you went, we saw a rabbit first thing down there uh, by the creek, and that's that's the first one I've seen in a long time. And I like to think, it's it's sad when you think about the amount of uh, rabbits and quail we used to have around here compared to now. Like you, you might hear quail once in a while. Yeah, and, I, and I'd say that's population, that's people keeping stuff more manicured than they used to. There's just, yeah. I don't think there's the habitat that there was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Rabbits, you see, I see them all the time out here and for see, whatever reason. But does that dog not keep them away? Does yeah, but outside of the fence area, you do. I mean, you see them quite a bit, so it's kind of kind of interesting. Now, you got kind of a. I don't know what the the deal is with animals around your house because that that time you sent us that picture of a bobcat lounging on your porch during the day. That was wild. I was thinking that's got to be a big cat that looks like a bobcat because yeah. that, that's so unusual. Daughter saw it. I I didn't believe it. I mean, she was calling it just a regular cat. I thought it was just a house cat out there. And uh, that was a bobcat just sitting out there hanging out. Well, considering the fact I've never seen one. Never. Never seen one. And then you just look, walk out your door and you got one laying right there. It's, 
And this, it sat there for a little bit and then just kind of moseyed on, walked off um, by itself. But no, it was pretty, pretty interesting. Somebody told me once, I can't, one of my dad's buddies, I think it was Tony Butler, said he saw a weasel run through the woods one time when he was hunting. David Spencer Williams. Yeah, I haven't ever seen, <laughs> I've seen groundhogs, I've seen beavers, I ain't ever seen a weasel. Chipmunk, I mean, I've seen chipmunks, every, about everything you can think of. What about a, what about a, uh, an otter? You ever seen one of those? I have. Yeah, I've seen those before over in Springfield on the creek I hunt. Yeah. What about a mink? You ever seen one of those? Not that I can recall. I, uh, not that I can recall and tell you I have, no. Now, but your place in Stewart County, you've got a fair haul up there, don't you? Yeah, we do. I get them on camera uh, probably every two or three days they come through that property up there, which LVLs eat up with them. Have you seen one in person since you've been up no, there? No, I haven't seen them in person up there yet. They're, it's majority of the time they're at night is when I see them. You saw it, were you going to take it? Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I wouldn't hesitate to shoot one. Yeah, they say they eat pretty good. Yeah. What I've been told. Which you can't kill them on land between the lakes up or on the public land, but anything private you can kill them. Is there a restriction as far as what uh, what kind of round you use to do it? If you take a shot with a twenty-two. No, it's got a, anything center fire. I believe on. No, I don't think there's any. I don't think you can shoot a twenty-two on a hog. It's got to be center fire. Now, let me ask you this, Jacob. Muzzle loader and rifle, pretty similar, right? Like, there's not really much of a difference as far as you, with, you aim and you, you pull the trigger. With the technology of the muzzle loaders now, no, there's not much of a difference. Uh, you're talking years ago, yes, there was a difference. You didn't have near the accuracy on the muzzle loader or distance that you do on rifles, but nowadays they're very comparable. Now, what about when you're talking about a bow, you're talking about you have to be really precise about what you're doing is that safe to say yeah i would say so you have to uh, you got to be a lot more cautious of what how the deer is when you're taking shots um hunting locations i mean you got to be they got to be pretty close to you i mean I, I i'm pretty comfortable out about 40 45 yards is about all i shoot i know people that shoot further but that's about what i practice and that's i want to make sure i kill whatever i'm shooting at i don't want to wound the animal and it wander off and either suffer or Whatever. I, I'm going to make sure whatever I shoot at, I give it the best chance to die as quick and humanely as possible. That was my biggest fear, just nervous and gut shooting one and having it run off and couldn't find it. I, If I'd have done that, I'd probably never go again. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I'm sure people do. I mean, I'm sure people get nervous, worked up, and just take the first shot they get or take shots at running deer. I mean, people do it. There's, I mean, we live in a world where people are not most are oh. not the most safety-minded. <laughs> With an era, obviously it's going to be very damaging, but it doesn't have the the impact that say a thirty out six does. Where there's you got to be a little bit more precise. You do, and there, I mean, limbs will deflect them. I mean, you got a lot more variables with with a either a bow or a crossbow that you don't really have quite as much with a gun. Um, penetration on a bow is a lot different. I mean. A shoulder or rib is going to stop a bow. It's typically not going to stop a rifle. Yeah. Grogan, you going to try a bow hunting next season? Not at all. No, I'm good. I know my <laughs> limits. We'll put it that way. Now, I'm going to try a uh, muzzleloader next year. That's what I was telling Jacob before, before you got here. It seems like it's more into – muzzleloader is obviously more into rut. 
Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll probably try that next year. What was the what was the uh, most surprising thing to you about your first experience? Is there anything in particular? That well, that at you? that's what I was kind of sitting here thinking because uh, Jake kind of mentioned it with with him going out and you know he might not shoot a deer but just enjoys sitting out there. I was kind of surprised at that how much I enjoyed that. Um, you know, I don't think there's really anything like it sitting out there at five thirty in the morning and everything's still and quiet. Um, kind of my well, everybody in here is like that with kids and everything. Your your life's pretty chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at work, phones ringing off the hook. That's kind of the only time that I found in a while where it was just very uh, so very really, calm. Yeah, and and not much going on. So that was that was obviously obviously nice. Did you take coffee or chocolate milk to drink? Oh, coffee. Yeah. When did you start? So for the longest time, instead of coffee, you drank chocolate milk. Oh yeah, yeah, I still do. But yeah, I got I got into coffee probably, and not that long ago actually. I mean, probably a year and a half ago or so. See, Jacob, that's the one thing I can think that I think would enhance your hunting experience if you drank coffee. It would make it. Oh, you got to do it, Jacob. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I might be having to climb out of a tree or climb out of a tent and find me a uh, a, a good bathroom tree. Well, there's I, a, there's a time period. I, if you take coffee, you only got a certain amount of time. Yeah, I can't do coffee. But, oh, that was the worst part. As far as the the last twenty five minutes, <laughs> I, it, it was a part of me. I'm thinking, I hope one doesn't come out just so I can get out of here, pee, because I couldn't see the three. There was three bucks running around, and I couldn't see him from yeah. where I was. Only he could see him. Yeah. And he'd say, "All right, Clint, get, get, come on, they're, getting, they're coming, get ready." And I'd get my gun up and I'd be looking. I think I got to pee so bad. I'm not going to be able to aim right. <laughs> and then nothing would happen. And this happened three or four times. And finally, that one, he jumped over the fence. And uh, I kind of, there was a part of me, Grog, and I was thinking the same thing you did like, just, just run off. Just run off. But when he's, you're so nervous. And when he finally turned broadside and I took the shot, I didn't see the impact. So my immediate thought was, Please let it, you know, let it be a hard shot or a long shot. And after I heard you say, it was, you, you had a good shot because I think you saw. That. Yeah, I was watching through the binoculars, and we had shot. You had shot some the day prior, and the, I wasn't worried about you making a good shot. I mean, you, you was you're comfortable with that gun you're shooting, and you know what you're doing with it. But I couldn't sit still at front. There was one. I about pulled the trigger on accident, just fumbling to get the gun. I probably just, I probably just shot myself in the arm and then went through and hit you. We'd both be sitting there. And blah. <laughs> <laughs> be a bad day. Uh, but God, when you said you you hit it, and he, of course he took off running, and you said he'll he'll fall down here in a, here in a little bit, which he did. But Grogan, you said when you when you hit yours, did he jump straight up in the it, air? It seemed like he jumped five foot straight in the air, and then took off for a little bit and then fell. He didn't go far. But did you immediately want to run out of the blind to go look at it? Oh no, no, I sat there, I sat there and drank drank a little bit of coffee, I think. Just trying to figure out, like I said, it, it instantly switched from, uh, you know, excited about shooting a deer to how the reality. How am I going to get this deer out of here right. and to get it to the processor? I mean, that was my. And that my next probably thing. deters some people. I'm sure. I mean, especially you get older. It's. I mean, you can't. It's not easy to drag a deer out. It's not easy mm-hmm. to throw one in the bed of a truck or on a four wheeler. It's. It yeah. takes some work to gut them and. There's no. Them. There's no getting a four wheeler down there, where where it was. You just you're, you're dragging it out. So. Did you call Kayla immediately? Hey, I got one. No, no, I called. I called Dink and I called my brother because I was going to need somebody to help me help me get it out of there. Now, what what cuts did you get off of yours? Did you get hamburger or hamburger sausage, jerky, um, and then obviously some of the um, steaks and, and 
different things. But have you cooked any steaks out of you? No, yet? I have not. I haven't either. Yeah, sausage. I have made the sausage and and did some of the jerky too. When you go to cook those steaks, now the place that you the place in these birds up there across plains, mm-hmm. they let it hang for. A week by yeah. the time I went and picked it up. Yeah, I think it varies depending on what processor and who you take it to. But yeah, I so, say typically a week. So if I go to cook a steak, what? How do you recommend doing it? I cook them high heat and very quick, and I eat them medium rare. They can get very tough on you very quickly. As far as seasoning or anything, is there anything in particular you do? I run Dale. I do Dale's on it. Is what I do. But I mean, I've done various things. I mean, there's tons and tons of recipes out there. It's all how what you want to do with it. Spencer Williams, he used to somehow cut it up into cubes and he'd wrap bacon around it. And it was just. I've done that. I've put them in a crock pot before. Um, we do roast out of ours quite a bit. Um, you just got to know how to cook it because if not, it will be real tough and chewy. And it's. You need to know how to cook it. Do a little bit of research before you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the. We've eaten some of those things like you got right there but i hadn't i hadn't done any hamburger yet or, or steaks or anything and it was good. i didn't notice the difference you could. Like we did deer chili um as far as sausage uh, casserole with it sausage and gravy with it and i mean you killed it just a little bit if you really thought about it but i really in those i didn't notice most, any difference most of the time if people don't know they really won't i mean there's yeah. if you know that's what it is you can tell the difference in the taste but it's a lot of people don't yeah but how cool is the fact that went out, you harvested this deer, you got the meat from it, and that's what to, you get to feed your family with. It, it's it's a pretty neat thing to really study on. Now, as far as money, like what you said, it how, how much did you pay to have yours processed? I think it was like 110 is what it wound up being. Somewhere 110, 120, somewhere around there. Mine was two. 230 because I get those things done. Yeah, right I was going to say you have a little bit more done. So it's, I mean, I, you might be saving a little bit of money, but it's probably not a whole lot, but it's just the sheer fact that you went out and harvested this animal. And Yeah, if you take it and break it down, cost versus weight of what you got, it's probably not, you're not, it's probably not saving a bunch of money. If that's what, if that's what you're in it for, that's probably not, you're probably not going to save right. a lot of money. If you could do one other form of hunting, whether it be you know local or something like big game hunting in Africa, what would you like to try? I would like to kill a bear. If I could pick anything, I would like to try to kill a bear somewhere. Now, there's a bear season in East Tennessee. Yeah, they have them there. Well, you might be able to hear it from what I hear. You see, you hear it's it on the news, news the other night. Every now and then, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which where you were hunting at it. It would not shock me if you saw one come walking past you. Yeah, I might not go again if I was walking down through there. At, Five o'clock in the morning, dark, and saw a bear. I might be done. Might be done for me. And we're kind of. I've talked to Lindsay some about it, and I, I want to go out somewhere, Colorado, or somewhere out there in the elk hunt. And I, I'm eventually going to do that. I just got to make it work with work and scheduling and my kids. And it's probably when Wyatt gets a little bit older. I think me and him may take us a trip out there and do something like that for elk hunting. Elk and uh, what's that other th- antelope? They've got out there. Yeah. My grandfather used to go out there and hunt those. And I think there's a, a seasonal moose. Yeah, they got that in certain areas. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot of research on any of that stuff up there just because I'm not able to go right now with right. life happening. But one day, like I said, why it gets a little bit older and we're, we'll end up getting out there somewhere and elk hunting. Yeah. Did y'all go squirrel hunting this year, you said? We haven't yet. He's wanting to. Uh, so we probably will before it's over. Grogan, what about you? If you could do one other form of 
of hunt, at least what you think you'd like to try. Is there anything in particular you think of? Not off the top of my head. I mean, I, I'm new to this. I mean, you know what I mean. I, all I can go off of, of what I've seen, I'll tell you what looks pretty interesting is down there in Texas and those helicopters shooting those hogs. <laughs> now, if I could, you talk about something being fun, that looks pretty fun. Um, but that's probably not a great answer, but that's my answer. No, that's a good answer. Yeah. I've yeah. seen, well, of course, out there, I think it's a major problem. Those things oh, yeah. are very, yeah. very destructive. They just about have to do that. But would y'all, uh, I'd like to jump in one of those cages down there in South Africa off the coast and let one of those great whites come swimming by me. Mm-hmm. You try that? No, I, I, I wouldn't do that. You're, you're like a fishing lure to that shark. I don't want no part of that. Did you see that video of that guy? It wasn't, I don't know. I want to say it was maybe in Alabama. I don't know what kind of dope he was on, but he got naked and ran in Bass Pro and cannonballed into the big area. I saw that. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and then they said he, he tried to climb over the railing, fell off, and hit the ground and knocked him out. He's just laying there. Oh. Naked on the <laughs> I, did, I seen the video. It, it's, it's pretty funny to watch oh, it. Oh, gosh. That was pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. How long do y'all think we've been going? 40 minutes. One hour. Really? One hour. That's about quick, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does. Hey, I, I do want to say on here, though, that um, I told you beforehand that I I cannot believe the setup that you have. Like, it's pretty pretty professional. So, you and co-op, that is uh, that's good. I thought we were going to be talking into a cell phone. When I so, first started doing this, that's what I expected, too. Yeah. But it gives us, this thing right here, it gives us a lot of ability, just like... <laughs> I don't have these memorized yet. I would have used them the entire time. Oh, that's good stuff. Like when you shot your first year. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's what you hear at sunrise. You can download stuff and put it on here. If I was going to download anything, I was going to put uh, that Alabama song. Is, uh, the one we used to sing karaoke to every time we go to Nashville. Dixieland a lot. Yeah. The white tail butt beard went to yeah, go. Uh, but no, it, hey, it's that's pretty high tech. You, you are the Joe Rogan of Robertson County. That's you. You think so? Oh yeah, yeah. It's really nice of you to you, say. You're the Joe Rogan of Robertson County. You know? Oh, I've been wanting to have y'all on this for a while. Like I said, we had Ricky on here, but I'm, I was trying to think how can I? And if we could get all of us on here, where it would actually be appropriate, because most of the stuff we talk about I probably gonna, wouldn't. I was gonna say it'd go south real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking, what can I get y'all on here? So we can talk, and it just timed out perfectly as far as seasoned deer hunter with two greenhorns that just yeah. went at the same time. But next year, we all all three go together. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Like, we need to make a make a trip up there. To we can go to my LBA. property. Yeah, we can do go to my property or go to LBO, whatever. Well, I was telling Jacob used to my dad when he was younger used to go. They would go to places like that, and they would. They can't. It was more camaraderie with it. Like they'd go and camp. It is, and, that, and, and that's I enjoy. Like I said, I don't have a lot of friends that deer hunt. I don't. My uncle does, and that's pretty much what I spend most of my hunting with. Because I don't know many people that do it. Is it exciting to you the prospect of of us two getting into it to be able to do it with? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, I, I I'll teach you everything I know. Now I can't teach you some of the high tech technology because I don't go out and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on it. But I can teach you how to kill deer. Well, and the fact that you got a little boy that you're teaching him, you know, that's uh, me. I don't may walk that. I don't. That. Grogan and I were talking about that. It's just being able to pass that on. 
Oh yeah, something you can remember and pass on to your kids, and that you know that and fishing and turkey hunting. I mean, Wyatt, hey, he's in love. He'll fish all day long. It don't matter if he's catching something or not. Well, it's like he said though. A lot. It's just kind of going away. It seems like mm-hmm. some of that stuff. So, if you don't have people like Jacob or people to pass it on, then you know what would what would happen to it. Well, and around here we are the the predator form. I'm sure. I saw uh, a, fox, a, red, a, a red fox chasing a fawn through the woods one time. So I'm sure fawns do have predators. If a cow can catch one, I'm sure it'll eat it or a bobcat. Uh, but as far as keeping the species in check, that's up to us. Yeah, I would say so for the most part around here. I mean, I, you can get some – I mean, if you get deer injured or something, dogs or whatever may kill them coyotes. But I'd say for the most part, they're not going to kill a full-grown, healthy deer. Uh, when you compare deer hunting to turkey hunting, what's the biggest difference in your mind? Um, turkey hunting's a lot more interactive. Um, I enjoy turkey hunting, and if I had to pick between the two, I would probably prefer turkey hunting, but I'd rather kill a deer if that really? if that makes sense. Why is that? Just being more interactive. You're communicating directly with them turkeys, trying to call them and trick them and bring them right to you. And they're a lot more, their eyesight's good. It's It's... It's hard to get t- turkey up and close and personal with you. We need to go with him. We need that. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that's something you need to. We'll definitely go here go with months. Is there more of an, like an art to it? As far, like you said, you're communicating with it where you're trying to draw them in versus getting lucky and just having them walk in front of them? Yeah, there is. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can set up in funnels where you know the turkey you're traveling and not even make a call. Do we have a turkey processor around here? Is that you got to do that yourself? I don't know. I do it myself. I don't know if they do or not. To be honest with you, how do you do it? You pluck them. Yeah, yeah, pluck them and get the breast and everything out of them. It, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, it ain't. I mean, I guess they're a big chicken. I don't. Pretty much. Like, yeah, I mean, they're pretty simple to deal with. Well, I um, told you that there was two toms. There was four toms. They were two pairs fighting, and sparring with each other, and I got from here to. I got within 15 feet. I thought I was going to try to grab one if I could. Yeah. Like I said, they get used to you. Like on your place where you're riding, checking your cattle every day. I mean, they're used to seeing you ride through on a four-wheeler or a tractor every single day. I mean, when we cut hay or bush hog, it ain't nothing to see coyotes and deer wander through the hay field. And they don't pay no attention to you. Yeah, they get conditioned to the equipment and the sound. You get off that tractor or whatever or four-wheeler, they're going to take off running. Or if you start shooting at them on a four-wheeler, that kind of... You start shooting at they're going to relate the two. They're not dumb. They wise up. Yep. Well, besides deer and turkey and squirrel, I mean, that's really, around here, that's about all. Yeah, I mean, we dove hunt. Grogan, your face with that dog scratching on that one. Uh, just, just irritation. Uh, yeah, I just don't understand it. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just try to. Anyways. Isn't it incredible how it, the, the sounds around you, as far as how this comes through? It, it's happening? wild. Yeah, I didn't. How much didn't it magnifies everything. Yeah, they say they say it keeps you from talking over each other, like people that podcast. I, for I a can see that. It just helps you hear the other person talking, mm-hmm. and it keeps you from interrupting. I'm waiting for that dog to squeeze that crack window right there. It's fixing to. Yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. Well, y'all, we've been going. Like you said a little over an hour. Uh, I know we we all got things we got. It's about to turn cold, they say, and start snowing. So I got some more stuff I got to get done, uh, and I know y'all do too, but. I appreciate y'all taking the time to do this. Um, 
Dave, I appreciate you taking me and, and just kind of showing me the ropes of how to do it. And, Grogan, kudos to you for just going and doing it on your own. Yep. I'd have been too scared to try it. Well, no, it's just one of those that uh, if I wouldn't have, you know, some of the apps and stuff with the wind direction, if I wouldn't have had that, there's no way I'd have been able to do it, you know. So, But it's it's neat. Somebody like Jake's done all, all his life that – can do it without that kind of stuff. That's that's the amazing part. Yeah. yeah. I walk out one morning and, I'm, and if I was just be bopping, I'm gonna go deer hunting. I mean, I just I wouldn't see anything. And people you know? do that. I mean, yeah. I'm sure people go out there and they look up and kill deer. I mean, it's you can kill them. It's and I'm more more than willing to teach you anything I know. So I'll take you anytime you want to go. Now Lindsay, she's she's killed one or two, hasn't she? Yeah, she's killed a couple of deer. Most times she's uh kind of at home babysitting. I say yeah. babysit. I'll get yelled at for that. She's watching the kids. <laughs> yeah. She's raising your children. She's raising the kids. <laughs> she, she's being a good mama. What do you think it would take to get Kayla in a, in a stand with you? I said something to her about it, and um, I don't think she wants any part of it. She said the cold and the dark. She said, I'm I'm good. Now, that's one thing. It's challenging as far as working in the cold. And you told me this. It, you know, you, if you're moving when it's cold, just like right now, what temperature outside is it? Uh, yeah, it's probably I don't know, thirty degrees, twenty five degrees. Yeah, you can go out there and be moving, and you're fine. But sitting still, it's, oh, people it's harder than I thought. Yeah, yeah, people don't realize you work in thirty degrees versus sitting in a tree stand in thirty. You'll freeze to death if you don't dress right. The end of the season, I had a propane heater with me, Did stuck you? up between my legs, and yeah, I mean that. I mean, if if I didn't have that, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd been able to sit as long as what I could. So. My feet start getting colder yep. than anything else really yep. quick. And I, I didn't even know they they make those little heaters you can put in your stand. Oh, it's a little buddy heater that you just sit right there. What, does it make much racket? No, not at all. Well, I'm going to do something this spring that I've always said I would never do. I'll, I guess being a I guess tough guy, I'm going to build us a box blind up on our property so I can take my kids and turn a heater on. Oh, so yeah. be able to sit out there when it's 20 outside and it'll be 70 in the blind. So that's I got me and my uncle got a project we're gonna do this spring on, on my property up there. It would be fun, like you said. You got little kids trying to teach. Mm, you that's why there. I want. Yeah. That's why I want to do it. I want to do it so I can take Wyatt or Josie or whoever, any of them, y'all, y'all's kids, whatever. I want to be able to take people no matter what the weather's doing. And that's for me. It don't bother me to go sit in the stand when it's ten degrees outside, but my kids can't handle. That's it. that's kind of what my mind went to was how to you know kids aren't gonna want to sit there when it's that cold. You know, no, plus, uh, I mean, their attention span's not what yeah. it should be, probably, to be able to sit there. So they can lay on the floor, play video, get whatever, watch a phone. Yeah, yeah you got to have something to preoccupy. Yeah, because if you force it on them, they're not going to do it. Right. I mean, yeah. you, they got to do it on their own time. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like anything, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, y'all, it's, I've had a lot of fun having y'all on here. I appreciate you taking the time to do it and uh, maybe come – Turkey season, we can do this. Again. We can do a turkey edition. We, uh, let's do it out there in the middle of the field. Turkeys hollering around us, gobbling. <laughs> they they pick up on these things pretty yeah, well. Yeah, we'll set up a big blind in the middle of the field and do it. Now, as far as location where you set one up, can you set one up in the middle of the field and have and succeed that way, or do you have to be backed up to some? No, I mean you can if they get used to it. Now you ain't gonna go out there at twelve o'clock and pop one in the middle of the field, and more than likely they're not gonna walk by it that afternoon, but. You can get it out there for a couple of days. Let them get accustomed to it. it. It'd probably be fine. I've done it. Yeah. Well, I got to tell y'all, as far as your first podcast experience, y'all done a great job on here. Well, I you mean that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And y'all, this may be one of the 
this first episode where everybody's had the headphones on and we actually look like we know what we're doing. Well, well, the true test will be when we hear it on Facebook here in a week or two or whatever it is. Yeah, that, share it with your that, friends. That'll be when I regret doing this. <laughs> I know. Y'all, y'all have done a fantastic, which I knew you, you would, but uh, I knew, Jay, to get you on here, it was, it was going to take more than just me and you, so... Yeah, and that's it, and it all came together. It's know? not that I didn't want to do it. I just know how touchy of a subject it can be, and I, and I'm a I try to stay away from the spotlight and all that. And it's people get real touchy when you start talking well, about this. Well, Jake, if you do it and the way you go about yourself when you do it, that's the way it's supposed to be. There's no ego in it with you, right? And that's what I appreciate. Yeah. Um, when it comes to. I don't. I understand the bad connotations that people have with it, considering the fact how some people act regarding it. But if you have respect for the the animal itself and the way you process it and the, you know, the land you're on and whatnot, it's something that I mean. That's how we. That's how our ancestors survived. Oh yeah, I love it. It, it ain't nothing else like it. Once oh, you do it, it it's 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 wild. It is a wild experience. We used to always say if if something hit the fan, who would we want to team up with? No question, it was Jacob Donovan, you know, it, uh, and I think that still rings true. Jacob is, he has this gift of being able to just invent these things out of nowhere to make the job run smooth. Like when we were dragging that couch around in high school behind my truck, <laughs> <laughs> me and you, we just want to hook a chain to it and drag it, and it would it'd come on a piece, but Jacob was like, no, let me, you know, let me, he took like a half of a hay ring and placed it on it. Where it, the hay ring was right, and it was like perfectly balanced, and it was. Oh just, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have ever thought about that. Yeah, he was helping me haul them calves, and the trailer that he was pulling that wouldn't, it wouldn't completely block them off from getting out of the loadout. So you had to put a gate in there and kind of maneuver it around. And I was just going to put a chain around it, and Jake pulled out a rope and did these octopus figures <laughs> in all these different directions where it wasn't going anywhere. I'm like. Done it that way because it's. I'm not that smart. He can think on his feet. He make you feel dumb too, pretty quick. If, but if, if the grid goes down, Jake, you could make a lot of money if you wanted to. As far as just uh, consulting people on how to survive, probably. But I'm not in it for that. Hey, yeah. If the grid goes down, hey, I'm going you just in need, the woods. You need to be picky. You won't about see me let no in, Jacob. <laughs> but hopefully, I'm on that list. <laughs> Would you take care of us, Jacob? Oh yeah, I'll take care of you. You remember when we you had the alias dad? Yeah. Like on my bachelor trip, it was like Jacob's the dad. He's taking care of it, making sure everybody's got like making the sandwiches and stuff in the kitchen, and making sure there's there's clean towels in the bathroom and everything. Oh, I still get that with my uncle and them camping. I I take care of the fire. I take care of everything. I don't. What, what is that in you that, that does that? I've always kind of wondered. That. I don't know. I I don't. You have a very nurturing. I don't know. I've always been that way. I just I, I want things to go right. He's great to go with. Right, go with on trips. Oh yeah, just nurture I, you. The I, guess cause, I guess because <laughs> yeah, I guess because I've been out there and struggled and not had that stuff, and I just I, I won't do it again. That's like I about got hypothermia when I was younger, and I I, I carry a lighter everywhere I go, and I ain't gonna get cold and sick. He's always prepared. Like when he, when he went with me, like he was pulling out pop tarts and crackers and stuff out of a backpack. Well, I had some of that too. I, you, I had to have a little bit to snack on. I guess I learned from the bad times, and I won't let it happen again. Well, no, we benefit from that too, because you you generally spoil us when we're hanging out. You're like you're you're like our surrogate father. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, y'all, listen. I appreciate you doing this. It's been fun. 
And uh, yeah, we'll, like I said, we'll have to have a turkey edition later on. Yeah, that'll be. We'll definitely do it. We'll do it. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, be sure to tune in next week for another episode. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Grazing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and come pay us a visit at Robertson Cheatham Farmers Co-op.